Hello, hello, hello. I'm Chris Lingle. We are in the storm shelter here at Donkey Fish Studios in awesome Austin, Texas, and you are now in the storm. There's a ton of stuff in the news lately. President Biden never lets me down on that score. Biden apparently handles classified documents like my granddaddy used to handle his alcohol logistics while he was building our house in South Carolina. We used to find half-empty bottles of liquor all over the homestead after granddaddy and daddy built it. That's probably why we had to step the chimney over uh, to the opening in the roof because it didn't quite line up with the chimney. Uh, We found half pints of old granddad in the rafters in the basement. Hell, we tore out a wall to do some renovation in there. There's a bottle of liquor in there, I believe. Now Biden has a few classified documents in the Penn Biden China Center in D.C., a few in the glove box of his Corvette in his garage in Delaware. It was locked, though. And they found a few more in the house a couple days ago, too. Um, I think it was Jim Jordan who asked, where exactly does President Biden not keep classified material? Um, And the airlines, they're still having their problems. Seems like the government gave them $80 billion during the pandemic so they could keep running. And now they need another $30 million to upgrade their scheduling and um, staffing software, or none of us is going anywhere with any sense of reliability or dependability in the near future. Now, eggs, chicken eggs, are quite the hot commodity, too. What are eggs? $5 a dozen now? But everything's expensive as we build back better with Biden. Uh, butter's, what, $6 a pound, maybe 7 Duke's mayonnaise, $5 a jar. Milk is $4 a gallon for store brand. Uh, beef and chicken are off the charts expensive. Housing markets in and around urban areas are suffering from one of the worst cases, if not the worst case, of asset inflation this country has ever seen. We talked about asset inflation on the show before. It's not a sign of a strong housing market. Quite the opposite. It's a death knell for any economy. And this, all of this, is unsustainable. I suppose it doesn't matter if meat's expensive, though. Soon, you probably won't be able to cook it on your gas stove. Those pesky liberals can't stand fossil fuels. They seem to love coal, though, because that's what they want us all to go to in order to charge our cars now, and soon anyway, cook our food, too. Uh, Coal, after all, is a large part of the power grid they want all of us to plug this shit into. Uh, I guess they'll want us to use charcoal briquettes when they outlaw the gas grill, too. No more of those nice fire pits with the little glass beads in them. Uh, Wood or Duraflame logs, I guess. Uh, Got to be better for air quality uh, in your local areas, I'm sure. Sounds like we got a lot to talk about with these topics and more. So let's get our life jackets on tight, batten down the hatches, and let's steer this ship into the storm. Um, Saw Dave Chappelle's monologue on Saturday Night Live. Uh, I didn't see it live, but I did watch a video of it the other day. Um, He was talking about exactly why people got behind Trump. And it was genius. But in the process, he pointed out exactly why President Trump had to go and why he had to be tarred and feathered in such a way that he could never, ever come back. Um, We'll see how that works out for Dems. Uh, Chappelle went back to the first debate with Trump and Hillary Clinton. Uh, Chappelle called Trump an honest liar in this article or video that I saw. Um, uh, What he said 
was that during the debate, Trump shouted out to viewers that the whole system is rigged. Uh, Clinton and Obama happened to be sitting right next to Clinton, of course. Uh, they denied the implications, shook their head. The moderator even chimed in, as they do for Democrats, uh, that Trump needed to provide evidence as to how he knew the system was rigged. Uh, Chappelle at this point was going, no, 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 it's what, it's what he's saying. Um, Trump, in typical Trump fashion, said this, uh, I know it's rigged because I've used it. Now, of course, Chappelle at this point said that Trump pulled out his Illuminati card and chopped up a line of coke and snorted on the stage. Like I said, the guy's a genius, and he's not just a comedic genius either. Um, so Clinton fired back at Trump by saying, uh, hey, you hadn't paid your taxes. Trump, of course, says, well, yes, I haven't because I'm smart. Um, if you want me to pay my taxes, then change the tax code. But I know you won't. Because your friends and donors enjoy the same tax breaks that I do. Uh, Dave says at that moment, a star was born. Trump had just told all the commoners that we are doing everything you think we are doing. Chappelle may not have acknowledged that Trump was actually attempting and succeeding in changing things, uh, but I'll bet you he knows it. Uh, that, my friends, is why Trump had to go and not come back. You apply this logic to the situation today, and you see if you come up with different math. Uh, episode 2.1, I talked about the raid on Mar-a-Lago, because apparently Trump had absconded with the nuclear codes. Uh, well, my, 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 how the tables have turned. Uh, it reminds me of a song my, used, my mom used to sing us on trips. It's called, uh, If I Had a Hammer. Uh, Y'all know that when it goes something like this. If I had classified material, I'd store it over there. I'd store it up there, and I'd store it down there, too. I'd store it in my office. I'd store it in my Corvette. I'd store it in all the places, my brothers and my sisters from China and Russia and anyone else that gives me and my family money can get to any of the documents anytime they want to. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. If I could sing, I'd be doing something else. Uh, the White House has been transparent. Of course they, uh, they have. Uh, they knew about these documents at the Penn Biden Center on November 2nd, eight days before a midterm election. Not a peep until after the midterms. Funny, huh? Quite the conundrum. Quite the double standard. Uh, Mar-a-Lago gets raided by the FBI, full-on media blitz, more agents than they used to go capture Ted Kaczynski in the woods of Montana, as if Trump had the knock list, the nuclear codes, and was sheltering a terrorist cell at Mar-a-Lago. The National Archives knew the documents were at the residence in Palm Beach. Trump was cooperating with investigators. All that shit show was designed to ruin the bad orange man. Now that we found classified material at Biden's home in Delaware, in the garage in Delaware, and the clubhouse at Penn Biden China Center in D.C., and who knows where else a new cache is discovered almost daily. Um, Biden's aides are allowed to go look to make sure there's no documents anywhere else. Uh, that's absolutely laughable that there are folks out there, not the FBI, not people from justice, 
um, folks out there that are just going in their head. Um, uh, well, they have to go through their head because Biden's no good. He doesn't have a clue where he left his pants, let alone documents he handled three or four or two years ago or last month. So these guys are just sitting there. They're going through their heads trying to figure out anywhere that Biden could have left classified documents. I don't know about you, but I feel better already just knowing these guys are on the hunt. Jean-Pierre Munchausen has told us all the fantabulous tale of the Biden administration being transparent. Yep, transparent. Uh, Documents discovered November 2nd, again, six days before the midterm elections, press release January 9th. Sounds transparent to me. Uh, Where are the visitor logs? Where's the security footage from the Secret Service? I know we joke about the garage with the Corvette, but Joe Biden has had Secret Service protection for better than two decades now. People can't just come willy-nilly at his residence, his office, certainly not the White House, not the grandkids' treehouse, not even Hunter's crack house. Is there any security footage at any of these places? The FBI confiscated the security tapes at Mar-a-Lago. If you wanted to be transparent, you could have done a press release before two months, Madam Munchausen. What have you been doing for those two months? None of us will ever know. They could have released this information anytime within the last two months if we're talking about transparency. Uh, So let's look at the Penn Biden China Center and the office the University of Pennsylvania set up for the former VP. This think tank. That's rich. This think tank slash He-Man Woman Haters Clubhouse was funded by, you guessed it, China. Well, we know how many documents they found there. What was in those documents? What did they relate to? Do we know how many were taken there and what their disposition was? Do we know who had access to that office? Do we know who had access to the safe? Were there any documents relating to Burisma? Uh, Biden has said he didn't even know about the documents and he has no idea what's in them. Stellar. Just stellar. Who knows who those documents were shared with or whether or not those people mean us harm. Who knows if they were left there for someone to pick up and they just didn't pick up the last batch. Maybe, just maybe, the documents were planted. Hmm. Hank Johnson, the esteemed congressional representative from the 4th Congressional District in the great state of Georgia, along with several talking heads in the media, have floated that biscuit that they were planted. Of course they were planted, probably by Democrats who realize they have about 100 or 300 more viable candidates than President Biden in the presidential race of 2024. Now, in case you don't know who Hank Johnson is, Let me refresh your memory. He's the guy who, in a congressional hearing, questioned an army general as to whether or not the island of Guam was in danger of tipping over because the U.S. military had such a heavy presence on the island. I am not making this shit up. You can Google it. He wasn't joking either. He wasn't being facetious. Representative Johnson was deadly serious when he asked an army general in a congressional hearing if an island was in danger of capsizing. Hank Johnson has represented the 4th Congressional District in Georgia since 2007. Uh, Anyway... These classified documents must have been planted because the alternative is too dangerous to think about or too diabolical. At the very least, 
President Biden seems to be pretty fast and loose when it comes to handling classified material. Uh, at the very worst, this is the tip of the iceberg of treason. Hmm. On a lighter note, though, the airline industry had a near catastrophic meltdown right before Christmas. Airlines canceled thousands of flights the Tuesday before Christmas, with Southwest leading the pack with over 2,500 cancellations. The carrier canceled 70% of its flights on that Wednesday and told weary, weary travelers that they'd only be running at 30% for the next several days so they could reset and catch up on the backlog. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but how in the hell does anyone catch up on a backlog running at 30% capacity? Well, they don't. And does anyone besides me find it funny, or not surprising at all maybe, that the meltdown occurred during the Christmas travel season? I know there were winter storms all over the country and they wreaked havoc on things for a while, but Southwest problems continued for some time after the weather had returned to conditions more favorable to flight. Just last Wednesday, on January 11th, the FAA briefly halted all takeoffs after a system that provided pilots with pre-flight safety information crashed. That caused over 1,300 flight cancellations. Just the other day, uh, two jumbos nearly collided at JFK. That was Sunday, as a 747 was taken off and another jumbo taxiing crossed his path. Takeoff was aborted, and fortunately, no collision occurred. Uh, scared the hell out of the passengers on both jets, though. You betcha. Uh, could have been much worse. One of the worst, if not the worst, accident in air history occurred on the ground, uh, air travel history. It was in 1977 on the Spanish island of Tenerife when two 747s collided on the runway at Los Rodios Airport. 585 souls perished in the flames uh, of the crash. It was horrendous. What is going on in the airline industry? Well, it's probably the same thing in every other industry. Lousy staffing patterns and lack of talent because of a refusal to pay for that talent. Mm, but I digress. Um, Pete Buttigieg has been fairly quiet, except to say that he's initiated an after-event process to find the root cause of the failure. Is that like a blue-ribbon fact-finding committee? Um, remember, the government, that means you and me, gave the airlines about $80 billion to weather the pandemic storm. Now there's a winter storm, and they need another $30 million to revamp their systems. Eh, don't we all? Uh, Buttigieg has said the FAA and the TSA will own the problem. Of course he did. Now that the FAA and TSA, those agencies, a.k.a. we the taxpayers, own the problem, Congress can appropriate millions to fix a problem that never should have occurred in the first place because they've misallocated funds for decades and misallocated a shit ton in the last two years. And please realize that misallocated is a euphemism for the waste, fraud, and abuse that has bankrupted us all. Uh, we all know that $30 million to replace that infrastructure means $90 billion. Uh, I'm sorry, $30 billion to replace that. Ah, it was $30 million. Uh, it means $90 million by the time the deep state takes their cut. Uh, drag all their friends. It'll take a couple of years, though, because someone's got to give their cousin time to open the company that's going to receive the government assistance to replace those systems. You think I'm crazy? How do you think family members are enriched with the trappings of holding in office in D.C. for 40 years? 
That's how the swamp was formed. That's how the swamp has flourished. And if something doesn't change, that's how the swamp will endure and swallow us all like a crocodile on a chicken breast. And that is why the swamp had to get rid of Trump come hell or high water. Problems continue to plague the Biden administration because of useless policy and an agenda to crash the country onto the rocks so that only they can save it. America is suffering by design. Crime continues to be out of control. Urban areas look more like a RoboCop movie than a United States city of law and order. Law enforcement officers shot in the line of duty has skyrocketed by 21% in 2022, with 331 officers shot and 64 of those perishing as a result of their wounds. In California, two deputies from the same office were shot to death within two weeks of each other. Biden's so out of touch, he tells us all that the police need to be retrained not to shoot first. (laughs) Maybe Sleepy Joe should do a ride-along or two, one with cops and one with the Border Patrol. Biden and wealthy Democrats don't give a rat's ass about your safety or mine. This violence does not impact them. They live in affluent areas with gated communities and extra security. They order from Amazon Prime. They have their groceries delivered. There's a police chief in L.A. too that probably needs to be dismissed. This guy removed a thin blue line flag from his precinct because of a complaint that it was offensive. Of course, the complaint was leveled at the same precinct um, that Fernando Arroyo's uh, was his home. He perished last year uh, at the hands of criminals. Uh, He was shot to death with his girlfriend. Um, He and his girlfriend were out home shopping. Um, for a home in South, uh, South Los Angeles last year, um, three guys in a truck pulled up. They decided they want what, uh, uh, officer Arroyos and his girlfriend had, I guess, uh, Arroyos told his girlfriend to run. This guy's 27 years old. He was shot to death. He died en route to the hospital. The police chief at that precinct removed a thin blue line flag that adorned the precinct on the anniversary of this officer's death. Yeah. He needs to be dismissed. And Joe Biden should be taken to school on what cops go through. He's not interested, though. Like I said, he hates cops. He and his pal Obama did everything they could to stoke the fire of hatred toward police. And all of this defund and dismantle the police shit started with George Floyd. Obama and Biden didn't get what they wanted out of the Trayvon Martin shooting, even though Trayvon could have been Obama's son and all. Uh, Trayvon was shot by a civilian, not a cop. And Obama and Biden and their ilk have been salivating and twerking over any officer-involved shooting that came down the pipe since then. So along comes George Floyd, a career criminal so high on fentanyl he could barely speak, trying to pass a $3 bill or something at a convenience store. Uh, He resisted arrest probably for the umpteenth time and lost his life in the process. Tragic, to be sure. But while all of us were locked up during the pandemic, none of us able to gather and mourn the loss of any of our loved ones, this criminal gets five funerals spread out across the country, complete with white horse-drawn carriage and everything. This criminal went out with all the trappings of a state funeral. I'm surprised they didn't let him lie in repose in the rotunda at the Capitol building. We were all heartbroken as we watched cities burn in the summer of 2020. We were all shocked 
when criminals were allowed to take, uh, take over entire swaths of real estate in urban areas without retaliation from law enforcement. These protests were staged, and the Democratic regime funded the protests and the chaos, and they encouraged it at every front. Hell, your sitting vice president set up bail accounts uh, for these people who were destroying these cities, who were destroying actively choosing to destroy society because they just believe it's hopelessly oppressive. That's what Greg Gutbelt said, not me, but it's true. As I'm working on the show, I'm watching an article where DC is trying to make it easier for carjackers to get the job done. Um, you know, they want to slap them on the wrist, not put them in jail, let them go without bail. Even the progressive mayor that renamed a street in front of the White House, Black Lives Matter Avenue, is against this legislation. So the thought process here with the BLM movement, well, it seems to be that bad behavior should now be excused. And it should be excused because of oppression suffered in the past. A white man can be carjacked or a white woman can be raped and nothing can happen to the black offender because of the sins of the past. Of course, this premise assumes that all carjackers are black and all rape victims are white. I'm not buying it. Nothing could be further from the truth. These policies are not intended to help minorities. They are, in fact, racist with the assumptions that they make. They are intended to crash the system. Why do you think the Democrat solution, Joe Biden's solution, is to dismantle and defund police across the country? Retrain them not to shoot first. He's a moron. That bullshit that happened in the summer of 2020 was the second biggest fraud ever perpetrated on the American people, only behind the COVID fraud. The Democrats and their supporters are directly to blame for crime running rampant in our cities. They have no respect for law enforcement. They appoint, they elect these rogue DAs that refuse to hold even uh, hold criminals, let alone prosecute them. They put activist judges on the bench that will throw cases out if they do make it to a courtroom or keep releasing repeat offenders without bail and a promise from a criminal to return for his court date. Democrats are responsible for the non-existent southern border. These open border policies directly impact crime in the border towns and in the cities that these invaders are bust to after they get across. And that's just the ones that get caught. The gotaways can go wherever they wish, steal whatever they want, and the rogue DAs won't prosecute and the activist judges will let them go. The cycle perpetuates itself while this country hemorrhages its wealth. Wealth generated, of course by what used to be one of the most awesome labor forces in the world. I told y'all last season that Democrats broke the world. Well, they did, and they did it on purpose, and you can believe that. The border is a prime example of shit they broke on purpose and shit they leave broken on purpose. It's another reason they had to get Trump the hell out of office. He was fixing it. He was fixing a problem that the Democrats and many Republicans don't want fixed. The wall was being built. Title 42, remain in Mexico, was in place. Crossings were down. Border patrol agents were ecstatic. Now, with the Democrats hell-bent on running the country into the ground at the ship's wheel, 
There's a quarter of a million, 250,000 souls streaming across the southern border every month. That's just the ones we know about. They're adding three more Austins to the country's population every year. It's not sustainable, and it's being done on purpose. This is all part of the master plan. These globalists, uh, it's the plan they have to usher in socialism. They hate cops, they hate borders, they hate capitalism, and damn it, they know what's good for all of us. Your gas stove is dangerous too now, a menace to society. I'm sure your gas grill will follow and then your gas fire pit or your gas heating tower you have on your patio. They don't want us eating meat anyway, so why not outlaw our favorite way to cook it? Anyway, on the gas range front, excuse me, this one deserves a drink. In case you hadn't noticed, we're trying out a new microphone tonight. Um, uh, I've been a little leery to use it because it's a condenser mic and it picks up everything. So I hope you like it. If you got any feedback, I'd love to hear it. And um, we'll go back to the SM7. But this one takes me back to my radio days. It's more what I used to use when I was in radio. Kind of makes me feel at home. So um, hopefully you'll like it. I seem to like what I'm hearing in the headphones. Uh, We'll see what everything sounds like post-production. And again, I hope you like it. Anywho, the U.S. Consumer Product Safety Commission wants to ban your gas stove. They want to ban mine too. Um, On reports of links to childhood asthma. I can't breathe because of the cedar trees outside, but gas stoves are causing childhood asthma. Um, Consumer reports in October urged customers planning to buy a new range to consider going electric after tests conducted by the group found high levels of nitrogen oxide gases from gas stoves. Um, I read an article back on January 9th by Ari Natter, or Ari Natter is his name. Apparently, there are dreadful, dreadfully harmful indoor um, air pollutants that are emitted by gas stoves. Um, They can cause all kinds of health and respiratory issues. It's a miracle any of us are alive today. In the article, a guy named Richard Trumpka Jr., um, he's a commissioner over there at the U.S. Product Safety Commission. He said this, this is a hidden hazard. Any option is on the table. Products that can't be made safe can be banned. Now, natural gas stoves are used in about 40% of the homes in the United States. According to the article, they emit a plethora of air pollutants, nitrogen dioxide, carbon monoxide, fine particulate matter, all at levels the EPA and World Health Organization have said are unsafe and are linked to respiratory illness, cardiovascular problems, cancer, and many, many other health conditions. Uh, Mr. Natter pointed out in the article that the International Journal of Environmental Research and Public Health, boy, that's a mouthful, too, uh, they published some new peer-reviewed research last month, and it stated that more than 12% of current childhood asthma cases in the U.S. can be attributed to the use of a gas stove. 12%. Now, I know studies aren't cut and dried. Numbers don't always extrapolate out the way that you think they're going to, and it's all not a insert, flap A, and slot B type of thing. But consider this. Gas stoves are in 40% of the homes in America, and the study linked 12% of childhood asthma cases uh, to cooking with gas. 
I would think the number would be higher. Um, it makes me wonder, does that mean the other 88% are linked to cooking without gas? Um, obviously, that's not the case. As I said, these things aren't that cut and dry. Um, I know that's oversimplified, but there are a ton of variables here. Geography alone is huge. What were people cooking with? What were they cooking? What was the ventilation situation? Were there smokers in the household? Who knows? The do-gooders have spoken, and they know what's best, damn it. Um, the article goes on to introduce a guy by the name of Brady Seals. Brady's a manager in the Carbon Free Buildings Program. Um, he's uh, at a nonprofit clean energy group called RMI. Uh, I can guarantee you that Barry's no fan of the oil and gas industry. Barry, in his infinite wisdom, tells us this. There's about 50 years of health studies showing that gas stoves are bad for our health. And the strongest evidence is on children and children's asthma. By having a gas connection, we are polluting the insides of our homes. <coughs> Sorry. I have a gas stove, so that must be it. Anyway, the Consumer Product Safety Commission plans to open public comment on hazards posed by gas stoves later this winter. Our good friend Mr. Trumpka says besides barring the manufacturer import of gas stoves, options include setting standards on their emissions. Of course, Cory Booker and Representative Don Bayer of um, Virginia, both Democrats, uh, urged action and called gas stove emissions a cumulative burden on black, Latino, and low-income households that disproportionately experience air pollution. Things like this are always worse on the downtrodden in the black and Latino communities. Uh, pay attention, guys and gals. Mr. Natter, in the article, tells us that 100 cities and counties have already adopted policies that require or encourage a move away from fossil fuel-powered buildings. The New York City Council has already voted in 2021 to ban natural gas hookups in new buildings smaller than seven stories by the end of 2023. <clears throat> The California Air Resources Board unanimously voted in September to ban the sale of natural gas furnaces and water heaters by 2030. I'm sure Biden and his ilk have plans to do the same with any contracts for future federal buildings, too. And they will probably accompany that with a massive plan to retrofit all government buildings. Don't worry, though. It'll only cost $35 trillion over 10 years. Uh, the Inflation Reduction Act already includes rebates of up to $840 for the purchase of new electric ranges as part of a $4.5 billion funding package to help low and moderate income households electrify their homes as if these folks are sitting around burning candles. $4.5 billion dollars so they can disconnect the gas and install electric stoves for low-income folks. Four and a half billion dollars. And an $840 credit, that's a range, a cooktop, and a microwave. The Association of Appliance, Home Appliance Manufacturers, <clears throat> of course, they represent the people who make gas appliances. The association says that cooking produces emissions and harmful byproducts no matter what kind of stove is used. 
Imagine that. What kind of pan are you cooking on? What are you cooking? What spices are you using? Ventilation is really where this discussion should be. That's what Jill Nortini, she's a VP at the association. She also said that perhaps some behavior modification is in order. Um, Perhaps folks may have to be conscious of turning on their range hood when cooking. Spot on, Jill. Hats off to you for your courage in attempting to share some common sense. Like I said, a lot of variables in this equation that do-gooders are using to outlaw something that 40% of the country demands right now. Um, We've been using natural gas to cook our food and heat our water in our homes safely for decades. Do-gooders, stay the hell out of my kitchen, stay the hell out of my house, and stay the hell out of my life for that matter. You don't know what's good for me or anyone else other than yourself, and I'm not really sure you even know that. I want to thank Mr. Ari Natter for providing us with all the information in that article. It was quite enlightening and illuminating with a gas lamp. Wow, and moving on, the NHL is quite in the hot seat with Governor Rick DeSantis. Apparently, there was an NHL job fair in Florida, and here's the ad they ran. Let's see if we can figure out what's wrong with it. Participants must be 18 or older. So far, so good. Based in the U.S., I can understand that. Um, And must identify as female, black, Pacific Islander, Hispanic, Latino, indigenous, LGBTQIA+, and or a person with a disability. Tallahassee, we have a problem. Straight, white, healthy males don't bother. Long-haired, freaky people need not apply. Or are the long-haired, freaky people the ones you're looking for? I'm not so sure. Rick DeSantis was furious. He fired back hard at the NHL via his press secretary, Brian Griffin. Discrimination of any sort is not welcome in the state of Florida, and we do not abide by the woke notion that discrimination should be overlooked if applied in a politically popular manner or against a politically unpopular demographic, so said Mr. Griffin. DeSantis is obviously making good on his promise that Florida is where wokeness goes to die. Carry on, smartly, Governor. Carry on. The NHL ultimately ultimately reversed its decision, and they opened the event to all comers. Fox News reported this from an NHL spokesperson. Original wording to the LinkedIn post associated with the event was not accurate. The Pathway to Hockey Summit is an informational and networking event designed to encourage all individuals to consider a career in our game, and in particular, alert those who might not be familiar with hockey to the opportunities that it offers. Again, carry on, Governor. Carry on. As I get ready to close out the show, just a little bit factoid. Um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with I hope you are, but it's, it's astonishing to me. I've known it for quite some time, but I just want to point it out to you. For those of you that know my day job uh, is in a hospital. I sit in front of that hospital sometimes, and I look at the building, and I can't help but be stupefied 
by what it represents. It's a good-sized structure, about 500 beds, and we provide good care. But what I am stupefied by is the fact that the industry that building represents, the healthcare industry in this country, consumes 20% of the gross national product, the gross domestic product of the nation. That, my friends, that hovers around $20 trillion a year. That's not GDP. That's the 20% of the GDP. It was 22 trillion in 2019. It was 21 trillion in 2020, 23 trillion in 2021, eh, pandemic, and 21 trillion in 2022. It was 18 and a half trillion back in 2016, seven years ago. The value of everything produced in this country in a year apparently is around 100 trillion dollars. And the healthcare beast takes 20 trillion off the top. I was petrified when legislators figured out what a billion dollars was. I'm mortified now because they seem to have figured out what a trillion is. And I just, what's the Medicare mix on that? How much was private insurance? How much of that is paid by the government, taxpayers? I bet it's about $14 trillion every year. Buried in there somewhere. Um, Is your health care better? I don't think mine is. I'm not even going to get into how they're managing my chronic pain. We used to prevent things. We caught things early. We treated them. Seems to me now we wait, we defer, we manage patients with medication until it's so bad we're forced to react with an arsenal of frightfully expensive technology to correct a problem that could have been diminished or prevented with early detection and treatment, mostly with basic equipment. I went in for an evaluation of my shoulder because it wouldn't move. I couldn't sleep at night. And the guy tells me, no imaging studies, no nothing but a physical exam, that I had frozen shoulder. And it could stay that way for up to a year. And I just needed to take Motrin and leave and go on about my business. The dude smiled when he told me that shit, too. I'm not sure whether he didn't think I was worth the money for the imaging studies that the insurance company would have paid for or whether I was a drug seeker or a combination of the two. I'll tell you this. I, for one, am tired of an industry that sucks up 20% of GDP every year acting like they're broke. They've kept salaries, at least among the frontline workers, nearly flat over the past 20 to 30 years. If you allow it for inflation, they actually went down. Yet, I just read an article where the CEO of arguably the largest healthcare system in the country raked in around $21 million last year, which included, I think, about $14 million in bonus. I'm sorry, but I hadn't seen anything out of the industry in the last two or three years where anyone in the C-suites deserves any kind of a bonus. And if you got a bonus, you got it on the backs of your frontline staff. Staffing patterns are less than adequate to say the least, and the industry all but refuses to recognize the market and award increases. $14 million in bonus, but the front line gets 2% if they're lucky. But I suppose that's how bonuses are made. Well, your departments aren't going to staff themselves, your talent's not cheap, and these, these kids aren't going to do the job for what you're paying. Generation Z doesn't like taking call. Whatever will you do? It's time to start taking care of the folks who took care of America during the COVID attack we endured in 2020 and 2021, and for the last 30 years, for that matter. The country's healthcare system 
depends on keeping competent, talented frontline staff in the trenches, and I haven't found anyone really willing to even take my job with the lousy work-life balance it provides. Uh, There's no one to pass the baton to. Uh, Please act before it's too late to retain the talent you have and recruit the best there is out there. All it takes is money. All it takes is money. That's going to do it for this episode of The Storm. I hope you enjoyed the show as much as I enjoyed getting it out there tonight. Uh, Thank you so much for inviting me into your homes, inviting me along on your commute, uh, on your your, uh, morning jog. If you're smoking a stogie and you're bourbon on the back patio, it's a great place to tune into The Storm. Check out all the episodes on Rumble and Spotify. Just search my name. You'll find it. You'll be in the storm. Give us a rumble. Drop us a comment or three. But most of all, importantly, tell four of your friends to steer their ship into the storm. Feel free to drop us an email with your thoughts at thestorm.chrislingle at gmail.com. We're also on Facebook at The Storm with Chris Lingle. We're on Twitter and Instagram, too. Y'all know how to find me. Uh, Until next episode, stay vigilant, patriots. Stay strong. America's not on the rocks yet. But she will be if we can't right the ship. Keep your life jackets handy. Keep your powder dry. And I'll see you next time in the storm.